Life Audio. Welcome to Truth Tribe with Doug Grotheis. I'm professor of philosophy at Denver Seminary, where I've served for 30 years. At Truth Tribe, we seek the truth, the objective truth about the things that matter most through reason and evidence, and sometimes have some fun along the way, but we won't have any fun today because the topic is transgender ideology. I'd like to read a paper that I've written and I've sent to a few people that is not yet published called An Argument for Traditional Biblical Gender Categories and Against Transgender Ideology, 20 points. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. I begin with a statement from Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. The following is a step-by-step logical argument for deriving a moral position on transgender ideology from the Bible, science, facts, and sound reasoning. If its conclusions are to be challenged, its premises must be denied or the reasoning refuted. This argument does not address detailed public policy implications, except one, or how transgenderism should be addressed in church discipline or polity, but it attempts to give a foundation for further reflection. We should address first things first. First, subheading, definition of gender ideology. Gender ideology, at its most basic level, claims that one's biological sex is not pertinent to one's gender identity. That is, it has no normative force. It is incidental. Sex is given, the gender is chosen, and is arbitrary. One may choose a gender identity that does not reflect one's biological sex. Moreover, according to gender ideology, gender is fluid, such that one person may identify differently over time. Second subheading, truth, knowledge, and logic. First point. A true statement is one that agrees with objective reality. A false statement fails to agree with objective reality. This is called the correspondence view of truth, and it is presupposed in the Bible. Truth is not constructed by society or individuals. For reference against the social construction of truth idea, see my book, Truth Decay. Second statement. One has knowledge when, one, one believes a statement, two, one has justification for that statement, and three, that statement is true. Proposition three. 
Reasoning, evidence, and intuition are the cognitive modes that confer knowledge upon belief. A belief is not made true by force of feeling, group assent, cultural trends, political force, shaming, canceling, or through any form of intimidation. Subtitle 3. The Bible as a Supreme Moral Authority. Point 4. The Bible is objectively true in all that it affirms. Isaiah 8.20, Matthew 5.17-20, John 10, 35, 2 Timothy 3.14-17, 1 Peter 1, 19-21, 2 Peter 3.16. When properly interpreted, the Bible gives us knowledge. The Bible is thus a unique source of knowledge given to us by the Creator, when consulted, understood, and believed. However, it is true whether or not it is consulted, understood, and believed. There are strong apologetic arguments to back up the truth of the Christian worldview and the Bible. See Douglas Grothe's Christian Apologetics, 2nd edition. Statement 5. The Bible speaks to fundamental moral questions, including sexual ethics. See Exodus 20, verses 1-18, through Matthew 19, verses 1-6, through Romans 1, 18-32, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 and it does so as the absolute moral authority given its divine author. In other words, it contains a collection of moral truths that must be heeded, since it speaks with binding address. Point 6. Ontology The Bible teaches that God created human beings in only two sexes, male and female. Genesis 1, 26-28 It assumes the male-female dichotomy, or binary, when it speaks of parents as male and female, and in its many affirmations of humans as either male or female. The Hebrew of Genesis does not allow that male and female are points on a spectrum, but rather they are an exhaustive dichotomy, or, put philosophically, an ontological binary. Each sex has its own nature and teleology. Statement 7. Morality. The Bible prohibits any sexual activity outside of intercourse within heterosexual marriage. Genesis 1 and 2, Exodus 20, verse 14. The Old Testament law allowed for polygamy, but this was a concession, not a deep normative principle. See Matthew 19, 1-6. Sex between those of the same sex is uniformly and universally prohibited. So if a biological man transitions to be being a pseudo-female and has sex with a biological man, that is sinful. Statement 8, thus the Bible prohibits cross-dressing, Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. This taboo is part of the moral law, not the ceremonial law, which is fulfilled in Christ. See the book of Hebrews. Since the prohibition of cross-dressing is grounded in creation and not in laws of ritual purity, under the Old Testament covenant. Cross-dress is to commit false witness, Exodus 20, verse 16, since a member of one sex is pretending to be a member of the opposite sex. The issue is deception and imposture, not whether women can wear pants or men can wear pink. Statement 9. In the Bible, a eunuch is a male whose testicles have been removed by another, by oneself, or perhaps one who was born with ambiguous genitalia, which is the result of a disease of sexual development. Jesus 
also uses this term for someone who, while not deformed, chooses not to marry. Matthew 19, verse 12. The term is not synonymous with homosexual, nor does it allow for gender fluidity. But even if the meaning of the term could be thus expanded to include LGBTQ people, the Bible still disallows any sexual activity outside of heterosexual monogamy. Sex outside of marriage is adultery or fornication. Subpoint so 4. Biology and other facts. Point 10. Biologically, a human is either male or female. Most all humans have either XY chromosomes male or XX chromosomes female, although there are some genetic abnormalities. Nevertheless, all humans have either sperm gametes, male, or egg gametes, female. This comports with the categorical assertions of Scripture regarding the existence of two and only two sexes. Point 11. Even those who suffer from various diseases of sexual development, called DSDs, are still either male or female biologically. Thus, the term intersex is a misnomer since there is no biological sex between male and female sexually. Those suffering from DSDs may experience great hardships concerning their sexual identities and should be treated with compassion, since their birth condition is no fault of their own. Point 12. It is physically impossible to change one's sex. As Dr. Paul McHugh, former psychiatrist-in-chief at the Johns Hopkins Hospital, 1975 to 2001, has written, quote, Sex change is biologically impossible. People who undergo sex reassignment surgery do not change from men to women or vice versa. Rather, they become feminized men or masculinized women. Claiming that this is a civil rights matter and encouraging surgical intervention is in reality to collaborate and promote a mental disorder, unquote. And that was taken from an article in the Wall Street Journal, June 12, 2014, called Transgender Surgery Isn't the Solution. Subpoint 5, Moral Implications. Statement 13. Given the above statements, a biblical ethic does not allow for someone to claim a sex other than that of their biological birth, male or female. There are difficult cases when those who suffer from diseases of sexual development are surgically altered as infants and raised out of alignment with their biological sex. In the excellent book Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy, Piercy gives two such examples. But in both cases, when these people became adults, they later identified with their biological sex, despite being treated otherwise earlier. And for that, see pages 221 to 222 of Piercy's book Love thy body. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi. 
FYI, everyone, if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Statement 14. The expression of one's sexuality in manners and in dress may vary from person to person and from culture to culture but should reside within two basic constraints. One, any sexual intimacy outside of heterosexual monogamy is prohibited and sinful. As the Apostle Paul writes, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men or thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Cross-dressing is prohibited and is sinful. It is called detestable in the New International Translation of Deuteronomy 22, 5. Detestable is also used for occult practices banned in Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 and 12. Statement 15. Gender dysphoria is a result of the fall, see Genesis 3, as are all physical and emotional maladies whether related to sexuality or not. We should not build into the originally good creation something that emanates from sin and the fall. That would be to dishonor both the goodness of God and the essential goodness of the unfallen creation. See Genesis 1 and 2. Statement 16. One significant aspect of the fall is that Adam and Eve sought autonomy from God instead of submission to him. See Genesis 3, 1-5. They wanted to define reality apart from God's order and commands. They wanted to, quote, be as God, knowing good and evil, unquote. Those who claim they can assert their own gender identity apart from who God made them to be and apart from the objective facts of biology are doing the same sinful thing. Statement 17. How we address maladies caused by the fall varies from case to case. If someone is born with a heart defect, for example, it is right to try to correct it, since that restores normal functioning. The same holds true for a congenital eye problem. It would be treated to restore normal functioning. Proposition 18. However, because one is either male or female, treating gender dysphoria by trying to change men into women or women into men is futile and harmful to those involved. It is not an attempt to restore normal functioning affected by the fall, but rather an attempt to change the unchangeable. To affirm one's sexual confusion is not beneficial treatment, but is rather an endorsement and furtherance of error. Statement 19. 
if one's erotic feelings or proclivities are not congruent with one's body, one's feelings should be adjusted or lived with instead of altering one's body artificially to try to bring about an end that is biologically and theologically impossible, that is, transitioning from male to female or from female to male. Given the biological and biblical facts, the idea that one is trapped in the wrong body is false and harmful. Rather, one is trapped by the wrong approach to the body that one has been given by God. That is the objective issue that needs to be addressed. Given the fall, one may misinterpret his or her sexual identity, but subjective misinterpretations do not create objective realities. Subpoint so six. Further moral issues. Point twenty. And in conclusion. In accordance with this reasoning and these conclusions, Christians can begin to work out issues related to transgenderism, such as how to minister to those in churches who are considering transitions or have already done so. They should also address public policy questions about the legality of gender reassignment procedures, such as puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, chemical castration, and surgeries such as mastectomies and hysterectomies. However, at a minimum, these procedures should be made illegal for minors who are not old enough to give meaningful consent. So there's much more to be said about this issue, but I wanted to lay down the biblical, logical, and scientific facts in a clear way. I should be publishing this paper fairly soon on my webpage, douglasgrotheis.com. And remember, if you disagree with any of the statements I've made or the conclusions I've drawn, it's not enough to simply call me a name like transphobe, but to show where I've gotten the facts wrong or to show where my reasoning is incorrect. This has been Truth Tribe with Douglas Grotheis. If you'd like to know more about me, you can go to my webpage, douglasgrotheis.com. And please tell your friends about this podcast. Truth Tribe is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.